Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sheer Clarity in today's episode. Delighted to have you here. Today is going to be a topic, I think we teased it at the last episode, a topic that I actually kind of love. And I also have a little skeptic. He's going to come out every once in a while during our conversation. The topic, my uh, love-hate relationship, is called feedback. Now, this is a big, big topic. Very, very common in all business settings. Everybody's talking about it. What is it? Positive, negative, how to give it, how to receive it. Tons and tons and tons of books and courses and seminars. So I like to sort of get down to the nitty gritty of this thing because my audience, I hope, is all about getting to be a great leader and being a leader by attraction. And so we need to talk about feedback, but maybe from a different level, not necessarily technique, but more about philosophy. So that's kind of where we're headed. Speaking of feedback, I happen to have feedback for the guy on the other end of the microphone. His name is Matthew Passy. He is my producer. We have been working on the show for at least two or three months My feedback is he's a delight to work with. He's got what I call a weird combo. He's both a technically savvy guy. He's kind of a geek. I actually watch him every once in a while. He's got a thousand apps about how to do this and how to do that. And at the same time, he's got creativity because you need both to be an incredible podcast producer. Matthew, that's what I had to say about you by way of introduction. How did that feel? That felt pretty good, although let me offer some constructive criticism. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm shielding myself. Oh, here it comes. I think you spend too much time complimenting your producer. That's a big problem for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, now the audience knows that you have listened to the humility episode. That was like three episodes. (laughs) You were deferring. You were self-deprecating. Lovely. Well done. Great technique. Great technique. So you ready for today's topic? Always. So you know what I think what comes up for me, because I know this about you. You worked in corporate America, and you saw it all. You were in the big city, the Big Apple, went to the office every day, the place of glass and chrome, which apparently the current mayors decided we're not going to do glass and chrome buildings. I guess you're going to do them out of recycled materials, 70 stories of plastic. I digress. (laughs) I really wanted maybe to start with having you be in this topic as a practical matter, as a human, as a person who worked in the corporate scene. What was it like when I bring up the term feedback, getting it, receiving it, what it means to you? I would love to hear your thoughts because I'm pretty sure this is a universal topic And I'm pretty sure the audience is going to have a great response just to talking about this from the human perspective. Tell me what's coming up for you. When you say feedback 
two things pop into mind. One, my time in the corporate world is always the dreaded review, the structured review that was set up, the annual. And for us, there was a web portal and a form and your supervisor would fill out the review. You would respond to the review. You would have a sit down with the review. They would send back comments. You would send back comments. It was a super long and onerous process. And I wasn't a huge fan. Just the process itself of reviews always seems cumbersome and seems like a waste of time. I mean, giving people feedback is not a waste of time. Just the way that they went about doing it felt clunky as an employee. The other thing that comes to mind, though, for me was I was blessed to have a fantastic supervisor during my time in corporate America when I was working in the city and in New Jersey. And I had a boss who was really good about giving true, honest, and yes, constructive feedback. If you were doing something wrong or if you were doing something not to the best of your ability, she had a way of saying, here is what you're doing. Here is why you could be doing it better. What are we going to do to help you get to the best spot? And it never felt like an attack. It never felt like I was being treated poorly by this person. It always felt like an opportunity for me to learn and improve. And so I welcomed it. Even if it was hard to hear, I always welcomed it. I've had other jobs where feedback either was a bunch of fluff because, again, they were just getting through it because it was part of the annual ritual of doing feedback and it felt as onerous for the manager as it did for the employee or I wasn't getting constructive feedback. In other words, it was basically, yeah, everything's fine. Keep up the good work. I didn't get a chance to learn anything. So in the end, there's two things that you said and I'm thinking of my audience. I hope I have a bunch of my clients out there. I hope I have a bunch of the folks that I knew from my days in the Young Presidents Organization, de facto, they would be CEOs of their organizations. But I also hope we have a number of up-and-coming people who are leading in supervisory roles, mid and upper management roles. One was the annual performance review and what that is and what that looks like. From what I've understood after all my years in business, you can go through that process but knowing it's coming once a year, I don't know how good the feedback is at that point. It's pretty stale, it's generalized, and it actually starts to feel mechanical and routine. Most people, when they're in that process, have one question. Am I getting a raise? <laughs> it's true. It's that simple, and I'm not going to bore anybody with the best practices because I want to get to the second part of what you were saying. You spoke in glowing terms of being blessed with a supervisor who would take the time to show you where you could do things better, where the way in which you did it wasn't optimal. It was always positioned in a particular way. She had the skill, the competency, the technical capability of correcting you without ever you feeling like you were a schmuck. 
That's a very technical business term. Every once in a while, <laughs> I practice my Yiddish expressions. Schmuck. I have been called a schmuck by some very fine, good Jewish friends for my schmuckishness. In the end, what was it do you think about her? What was it she felt about you that must have been present in order for the competent communication to take place? What was clearly underlying about the nature of how she felt about you? I would say a couple of things. One, just as a professional and just as her personality, she was honest and blunt and never really had a need to tiptoe around it, didn't really want to BS anybody. I don't think that was unique to me. I think that was just who she was as a person and why she was such a great leader. And not to sound corny or to make it sound like I'm trying too hard to throw back, but I always felt a strong trust with her. I think she trusted that even if I wasn't doing something right, I was trying my hardest. And she always gave a lot of credence and a lot of credit to that, that if you were trying, if you had the right intention, if you had the right spirit of the best interests of the job, of the mission, of the goals, we can fix everything else. She made that clear pretty early on. She said she trusted me by doing that. And from an early point, I knew I could trust her that if I worked hard, I didn't feel threatened about my job because she would guide me and give me the tools that I would need to move forward. Now, if I didn't respond, if I wouldn't take her advice, if I would ignore it and continue to do the wrong thing, that was a different conversation. But if I put in a good faith effort, I felt safe there. There you go. So if we net that out, the feeling of safety, which is another way of saying trust, I think you're just touching on the core issue about feedback. And here's my message to the listeners, all of them, you know, whether you're at the CEO level, whether you're a supervisor, you have to ask a fundamental question. Do you care about the evolution and development of your people? Do you care about your relationship with them? Do you care about their success? Because what happens is when we have this topic of feedback and there's so many different ways to do it, learn about it, and the techniques and, and all that, you even use the term constructive feedback. Like, okay, that's the code word for feedback that's going to be criticizing. There'll be a criticism somewhere built in there, right? But it's constructive. Well, what does that mean? It means the motive is not to make you feel bad. The motive is to help you get better. So once people have detected the motive, that tells you, okay, I'm in a learning mode. Well, that doesn't happen unless the person in the place to deliver it actually starts with a core premise, I care. And this is why I get all you know engaged with my clients about their self-awareness because it is ridiculously hard to care about other people in a genuine, authentic way when you are in turmoil yourself. 
when you are filled with your own insecurities or you're just too damn busy because you're afraid of not achieving and not succeeding. So you're running at 100 miles an hour. You're shooting every single problem, knocking it down. Boom. Just one of those high intensity people. You're not paying attention to the people and you're actually upset with wherever you are. You don't have any capacity, any bandwidth to care when you're uptight and freaked out and insecure in your own way. And by the way, there's plenty of CEOs in that condition. Wherever you are along the spectrum of the corporate hierarchy, you're going to find people who are not that happy, not that happy with themselves. Do you ever hear the expression, hurting people hurt people? I don't know if I'm familiar with that one, to be honest with you. Well, let's process it for a moment. It makes perfect sense. Hurting people hurt people. I mean, people who are mean, people who are impatient, people who are critical, all that stuff comes from a specific human being. If you're in that condition and you're hurting and you don't even know you're hurting, or maybe you're in denial you're hurting, you're going to go hurt others because that's what you do. You don't know any other way. Um, you know, you've heard of projection, right? Um, you heard of people who act like a victim. So let's regroup. The topic is about feedback. And your job as a leader is to help people grow, to help people succeed. We want them so comfortable with us, feeling safe and feeling trust that they can actually deliver feedback, which is the kind that helps you grow by definition. Whether you call it constructive or negative, the tone and the motive is what's going to determine a lot about how it's received. And what you were telling us, and what I think anybody who's out there listening would know, I can take a negative feedback, I can take a correction, I can take the consequence of not being good enough in this project or this outcome I can fail, and I can learn from it and not be made to feel low, laid down, and inadequate, insufficient, incapable, incompetent, which is the negative feelings that you get when you've been criticized by people who don't care or criticized by people who haven't been thoughtful about it. And I'm just saying, before we get into techniques about feedback, everybody's got to take a chill and ask themselves, like if you're sitting there listening to this, you got to ask yourself the question, am I the leader who is caring enough about the people I lead? Do I care? What is it about me that distracts me from actually paying attention to these people who work for me? Do I understand their issues? Do I understand their problems? Do I understand the issues of their projects? And oh, by the way, do I understand enough about their personal lives to appreciate that maybe one of the reasons they're not performing so well is that they've got deep personal challenges going on? I may have a very sick child. I may have a marital relationship which is struggling. You bring that stuff to work, whether you like it or not, you do your best to soldier on and to handle the affairs of the day, but you're suffering. 
all I can say is we want people listening to our podcast of Sheer Clarity to be crystal clear about their nature, their condition, their philosophy of life, where they are and how they see themselves before they can even go out and do the classic management leadership things they need to do. And one of the things that your boss apparently got a handle on was, I care. I'm not worried about whether or not I'm direct or blunt, but I'm direct and blunt in a way which is received and understood, and it doesn't do damage and harm the way it normally do. I'm only guessing is because at some level, you got the message, she really does care. She appreciates my efforts. She appreciates my competency. She appreciates my hard work. And oh, by the way, if I'm falling short, she's going to tell me so I don't have egg on my face. I can't grow unless I'm told. And when she tells me, I get the sense it's because she cares. Yeah. I also learned from an early on spot that she was a true leader because she was one of those folks who gave credit out to the team when the team succeeded and took the blame and the responsibility when we failed. Even if she wasn't the direct cause of it, the buck stopped with her and she owned up to it. I've had other supervisors in the past and other bosses who did not have that same leadership quality, which I think is paramount to being a good leader. And those same people, as you were just talking about, they didn't show that they cared. They were in it for themselves. They were in it to get theirs. They were in it for what was going to impact them in their daily lives, what was going to protect them. And you could see it, you could tell it, and it did create a somewhat, I don't want to say full-on toxic, but hints of a toxic environment. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you a great feedback I, I got. I'm talking when I'm 25-ish. I mean, it's my first serious job. It's with an English company called JCB. They made uh, construction equipment and they were just coming to the United States with their rubber tire backhoe. And they were trying to break into a tough market and they had stuff on their machine, which was, it was hard sell. So bottom line is I'm there as a young squirt working in the marketing department. And I think I'm there all of eight weeks and already frustrated with this woman who I'm working for. And I, I, I have to tell why. Bottom line was back then, when I had to do a presentation and prepare 12 manuals that are going to be part of the presentation book, we call it the deck today because it's all on PowerPoint. I literally was taking the time to shade colors and regions of the United States and it's, you know, do it by hand. And so I thought I did it and she didn't like the color I chose for New England. <laughs> like, like, redo it. So I got this cranky pants on. I want feedback, and I decided I'm going to have a conversation with the president, Frenchman, and um, I've been there eight weeks, and I'm having some other work-related conversation, and I said, by the way, can you tell me how you think I'm doing, or like, when am I going to get a review? <laughs> like, you're, you're there eight weeks, and I'm already this little sponge of need, you know, give me feedback, and he just looks at me, he goes... You should know every day where you stand because any one of us, including me, can be fired any day. And now go back to work. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, okay. On it. Big smile. <laughs> I got this. But there was something that stuck with me 
that I now have embraced for a long, long time. And this goes back to your comment about the annual performance review. No one should ever be waiting for their annual performance review to know exactly how well they're doing or not. The annual performance review ritual should be nothing more than a confirmation and memorialization of what you've known throughout the year. Feedback about your progress and how you're doing should be regular, should be every day, every week, every month. As you get into the corporate America scenario where you're at the top, your results are first and foremost. That's your feedback. Nobody has a whole lot of time for any crybaby CEOs in public companies. There's just, here's the numbers, here's the stock price, all that stuff. That's your feedback system. But from that point at the top of that pyramid on down, you have a half a dozen C-suite executives, whether they're superstars or not in the industry, they too are going to be using the same feedback mechanisms. But when that group of people gets together and talks, they all need to be completely honest with each other and they do need to provide feedback to each other. And the CEO needs to have feedback to the CFO and the CMO and the CTO, maybe a chief product officer, the chief human resources officer. That CEO needs a feedback loop. They can all look at the results and the numbers together, but they are still going to have conversations every day about the strategy and the vision and the execution. And feedback, both positive and negative, has to be part of it. Now, at that level, the same issue applies as the supervisor you talked about. Do they all care? Because the caring that's happening up there and that they do with each other, the trust, the openness, the honesty, that will set the tone for the entire organization, whether it's 30 people or 30,000. How it happens right there, up there, is how it happens everywhere else. So the fundamental question on this whole topic of feedback. A, do you care enough to provide it? How secure are you in your own sort of internal system that you've got bandwidth and capacity, psychological, to notice and care about what your people are doing? Then we can talk about technique. Then we can say, okay, What is the importance and the role of being positive with your feedback? What's the importance and the role of negative feedback or politely constructive feedback? Then you can get to the topic of, and what are some of the best practices and best tools and techniques for doing it? But until you are centered on where you're coming from, in your way of engaging with the people who work for you and your capacity and your bandwidth to be internally secure and safe and at peace in order to be present enough so that you can look at, see, feel, understand, and engage with your people in a way which is obvious. Obvious. People can feel it, sense it, understand it, 
you care. Because if you do not, no technique is going to work for you. And speaking of feedback, we want to hear some of your feedback. So what we're going to do, we're going to wrap this one up. And in the coming episode, we are going to talk a little bit more specifically about both positive and negative feedback specifically and how to provide it, how to receive it. But we do want your feedback. And so you're hearing this, you're enjoying it, you have comments, you have questions, let us know. There's a form at the bottom of the website, sheerclarity.com, or you can just email it to us directly, kevin at sheerclarity.com. We welcome your feedback because we care about how this content, how this show, how the things that Kevin is sharing is going to impact you. So we are willing to take and receive your feedback and reciprocate it in any way that we can. So again, thank you for joining us here on Sheer Clarity. If you have comments or concerns or questions, SheerClarity.com, Kevin at SheerClarity.com. We do welcome the feedback. Join us next week as we continue this discussion on feedback. And again, if you haven't yet, go to SheerClarity.com, find show notes for this episode, subscribe for free to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and connect with us here on social media. All of that easily available at SheerClarity.com. He's J. Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we'll see you next week on Sheer Clarity. <music>